reacquaint and refresh your knowledge of every Google Ads campaign type. That and more on this, the PPC Burrito Podcast. Welcome amigos to the PPC Burrito, the podcast of choice for marketers hungry for knowledge of all things pay-per-click. I'm Michael Kenny. And I'm Becky Hopkin. And we represent Digital Gearbox, a team of PPC experts who grow businesses around the world using platforms like Google Ads. Becky, you're back. Hi, I missed I missed you. I missed you too. Pascal missed you last week. We had a really good had a really good episode with him. If you haven't listened to it yet, do go and check it out because we talked all things video marketing in 2022 and a couple of crystal ball predictions as well. But the original plan, obviously, Becky, that you was going to make it for that, but you were hit suddenly, struck down, smote by the sickness bug. But you're back <laughs> now. How are you feeling? I'm no longer vomiting, so I'm all good. Yeah, I, I think it'd be really awkward if we were recording a podcast <laughs> and just vomit. It, it doesn't make for... I, I know that ASMR is a big thing, and it has been, no. or at least it was a big thing a couple of years ago, but I, that, that that now begs the question. I wonder if there are ASMR vomit channels. I, it, no, I think it's all sand now and butter <laughs> and soap, isn't it? I don't get ASMR. And I'm not even going to attempt to go down that rabbit hole because I don't want to be late night Googling for <laughs> for vomit ASMR. But do you know what is really sweet on the ears? What is sweet on the ears? Today's podcast. Yeah. We've got, ah, there you go. We've got a whole lot of stuff to get through. We've got some cool new segments to get through. That's coming up in a second. And later on, we will be talking through eight Google Ads campaign types that, uh, well, We've put this together as a bit of a refresher because we had a conversation with a client a couple of days ago and uh, they turned around and they said, can you remind me of all of the various campaign types that I can possibly run in Google? Can I have a bit of a, a cheat sheet? And we said, well, yeah, we can do that for you, but we can also do a podcast. And I do, this isn't just one instance. We, we've had multiple conversations quite recently where people have gone, what can I actually do on Google? And it's it always i guess it surprises me because i'm like well you can do a whole load of things right but the thing is thinking about it i was kind of like well we tend we we usually we we cover the search we cover display shopping remarketing all that kind of stuff but there is actually a load of other campaign types that we don't usually talk about so we will be talking about that later on we'll be sharing our tips well some tips and and generally our thoughts advantages disadvantages pros and cons that kind of stuff well becky i'm pleased you're back and uh, do you know what else is back the news the news <laughs> This week in the PPC News, Google Ads Editor version 2.0 is released, Microsoft Ads rollout automotive ads worldwide, and Google Ads 360 launches new diversity inventory packages. Well, let's start with the first, Google Ads Editor version 2.0. I always feel like Google Ads Editor is like the 
best kept secret of Google Ads. And we'll cover that. But basically, the news is that Google have rolled out a pretty big update for the ads editor and it's going to include a whole load of new features that do revolve around the performance max campaigns we have spoken about performance max on a previous episode of the podcast so do go and check that out because we give our unfiltered unrefined purely true thoughts about performance max campaigns but it is a thing now it's a core component of google ads and the ads editor includes features that help people on ad, on ads editor use performance max campaigns but they've also updated onboarding for new users they've included custom actions and action triggers which is obviously really good for automating some workflow and processes some new recommendations so there's new support for recommendations which obviously google is also moving more heavily towards there's also the addition of conversion goals so conversion goals has recently undergone a bit of an overhaul so that's now included as well there's other things including validation requirements for video that drive conversion campaigns there are type lists sortable alphabetically or by entity can i have no idea what that is but <laughs> uh, there's also more overview cards so basically they've just gone in and they've massively overhauled it and i'm really pleased about that because google ads editor at least in my opinion has been a mess for quite a while but we like using google ads editor don't we becky we do it can save you a whole bunch of time um particularly when updating ad copy if you're just trying to roll out a lovely new sexy description across all your ads you can do it very quickly with a very quick copy and paste um feature in ads editor that's our favorite bit. The bulk yeah. editor function is an absolute lifesaver, a world saver. And when you get a client call up and say, oh, I want to make all of these changes to my ad copy, we can go, no problem. We can do that for you. Lickety split. And, you know, that's, it's, it, really, it really is that lickety split. And But there are other benefits to it as well. It's, it's a good way to make some changes before you actually publish them to the actual Google Ads platform. Mm -hmm. So if you have a client and there's a little bit of red tape and there's a process of of authorization before things go live, you can basically show them what you've put together in editor. And then once it's all approved, you can then go and post it to the existing live campaigns on on the the main Google Ads platform. So there are loads of benefits to it. It it feels like whenever I speak to people and I say, are you using Ads Editor? They go, there's an editor? You're referring to the desktop version? I'm like, no, no, there's like a separate version. And I think it's run by different people. And that's the reason why they're always scrambling to update it because Google Ads changes every two weeks. But there we go. Google Ads Editor version 2.0 has been released. If you haven't already checked it out, go check it out and definitely check out that bulk editor because it is... Oh, it's like the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Honest. I, I mean, I, I might sound a little bit nerdy there, but I really do think it is. <laughs> uh, next, Microsoft rollout automotive ads worldwide. So we spoke about this again a couple of weeks ago, the addition of automotive specific ads on the Microsoft ads platform. So that's Bing. So if you're a car dealer or just a general seller of automobiles, um, you can create tailored ads that are more specific around selling a car. So more 
more specific kind of custom fields and areas, the price is usually a little bit more prominent. So this was originally rolled out for US and Canada, but I believe it's proved successful. So Microsoft have now rolled it out worldwide. It is quite a niche ad type, of course. I mean, not everybody sells vehicles and it's going to be very useful to vehicle dealerships. And we've worked with vehicle dealerships in the past. So if you're listening, you've got ads, you've got ads that are still running. There we go. You've got a new ad format to to think about and to integrate. Um, I, I don't really have anything else to add to that, Becky, do you? I guess one one stat that they presented with the news is that automotive search interest is up 48% compared to 2019. So they've obviously kind of listened or, or viewed the demand there and thought how can we how can we serve that audience better which I think is a is a nice little innovation. So it yeah. is it's it's interesting that 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 statistic that's forty eight percent. That's a lot. That's a, that's big growth. And uh, mm. two thousand nineteen. That's that's pre COVID. So you can't really blame the pandemic on that. But uh, I wonder. I wonder if it's potentially a resurgence of people who are searching for sustainable cars. Maybe I, d- I don't know. I'm surprising that that's gone well, up so much. Yeah. The, obviously, the fuel prices. I wonder how many people are looking for <laughs> uh, electric car solutions. Perhaps or a one liter. Yes. Yeah, something that isn't so gas guzzling. Well, very, very interesting there. So again, if you're a vehicle dealership or you sell automobiles, go check it out. And if you're using Bing, if you're not using Bing, definitely look into that because Mm -hmm. Bing is, again, uh, a secret weapon that could be used in your PPC arsenal. Uh, Finally, Google Ads 360 launches new diversity inventory cam packages. So if you are a female-led business, black-led business, or Latino-led business, Google Ads 360 are rolling out packages that are designed for you to help you reach your target audiences. So it's all designed to encourage the support of media diversity, which is something, it's a great thing. It's something that we support. But you might be thinking, Google Ads 360, what is Google Ads 360? What is Google Ads 360, Becky? It's basically a, how to simplify it? Expensive. (laughs) Well, it's expensive. It's an expensive (laughs) version of um all the all the google suite so you've got a a much more technical version of analytics for example um that's part of it so it's it's for the big the big brands that want to do big things you need big pockets to do it as well so i do know that it used to be around 120,000 pound a year mm. um i do know that they're har- looking to halve that cost so interestingly probably because so, no one's using it well possibly <laughs> no one can afford it um but yeah it, it's more it's more data it's more for data analysts people that are using things like data studio bigquery those kind of platforms it's the equivalent of that um yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like what, to see under the bonnet. I've, no, I've never seen it, Michael. No, no, because yeah, it's 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 just not something that we've touched before. But mm-hmm. it's something that we may touch sooner, especially if they're looking to half the price. I have always seen three hundred and sixty as being just prohibitively expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's a huge. You need deep pockets to be able to use it. And also, does it really? Do you really want more intricate, more advanced dashboards? Really, especially when the new Google Ads four is pretty much giving you everything that you want and a little bit more mm-hmm. to be to be spoken about in more detail on a future podcast, I'm sure. But a lot of the functionality that you get in 360 
is essentially what you can already get in different packages. And I think what makes 360 uh, an attractive proposition to businesses that can afford it is this idea of full integration. But I mean, you can do full integration. I mean, it takes a little bit more work, but you can integrate your campaigns without using the 360 package or the 360 investing in 360 i'm sure the i'm sure our friends at google are going to absolutely hate us for telling people not to spend money on 360 especially when they're half in the cost but there we go we, we break the news and we break the news in a truthful way so there we go that's the news we will put all the links to the news in the show notes so if you want to go and check out the news in more detail go check it out right let's move on to our main topic like i said what we're going to be talking about today are the eight main google ads campaign types and their uses. It's a really, really quick kind of whistle-stop tour. So as we said at the beginning of the show, we, we sometimes get too focused in on search and display and shopping. So this is going to be a good refresher for us too. But you know, if you're a marketing manager or if you're just a general advertiser and you're thinking of new campaign types to bolt onto your wider campaigns, if you're looking for a new angle, hopefully this will be just the perfect thing for you. We're going to start, obviously, with the main campaign campaign type, and that is search campaigns. So that is when people are going to the main Google search engine and they're typing in the things that they want, whether that be a product or a service or just a question that they're looking to get an answer for. So this is obviously the bread and butter campaign type. It's one that we recommend for pretty much all of the campaigns for, for all of the people that we work with. It's just the best way to, to pair you with people that are actually searching in the now for your business. It is literally Google Ads 101, the creme de la creme, the butter. You, you literally, you wouldn't eat toast without butter, right? You need, in the butter is the search ads. Um, any thoughts on Google Ads search, Becky? I think just to be super clear, because there's different campaign types on the search network, well, on the search um, results page, um, just to clarify, search campaigns are the, the text-based ads. So mm. they're the ones that appear above the organic search results. So that's kind of their... The primary benefit in that when people are searching for specific things, they are the first results that people see. And I think a lot of people kind of, well, not a lot, but some people dismiss that and they go, well, I, I go straight to the organic um, results, which is not not necessarily true. I mean, we've seen we've seen that people click on the ads. And I think particularly if you're on a mobile these days, it's it's quite difficult to tell the difference between what is a paid listing and what is an organic listing as long as your ad is relevant and of a good quality um, and doesn't scream I'm an ad basically <laughs> so um, yeah they're they're super effective if set up well um, they are the perhaps the most targeted in some respect in that you specify the keywords you want to target um, whereas some of the other options are a little bit broader than that. Um, but yeah, we, we love search campaigns. Some people call them keyword ads. Um, they're what people think of when people say Google AdWords, <laughs> to bring back a throwback term. That was very retro, yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, whenever someone says to me that 
they skip straight to the organic ads. I give them the doubt face. It's just, I just don't believe anyone because I was in a room with a hundred tenured marketers not too long ago and we did a show of hands and even marketers aren't able to just at a glance distinguish the difference between organic listings and paid ads. That That is the extent of which... Google has changed the way we perceive ads and organic listings now. Now, obviously, it's easy to see because there's the ads identifier. But the thing is, is the way the interface has changed over the last few years is usually there's there's like a favicon there or favicon, whatever you want to call it, however you want to pronounce it. Favicon, I call it favicon. And uh, if it's an ad, there's, it just says an ad. But some people just m- misinterpret that as just being a favicon. They're just going to click on it. And it's very like the days in which ads were not relevant to your search query are long done. I mean, that's when ads used to appear with the yellow box around it. I mean, back in the prehistoric days when we were hanging around with Moses, it's it's just not that way anymore. People are looking for an answer. People have limited time, limited patience. They're looking for an answer pretty much there and then. And Google's algorithm has grown to the extent where they are now really good at pairing the right ad to the right person. And more often than not, people are clicking on the ad. So there's the advantage really in a nutshell for search campaigns, the the search text ads or the keyword ads or whatever you want to call them. The If you are running, you know, if you have your website up and running and you've got your organic all sorted, organic's great, but organic only gets you so far in certain searches, particularly when there's more competition. That's not to say that, organic doesn't have its place and we would always champion the use of paid and organic as a cohesive search engine marketing strategy they do go hand in hand it's not ppc versus seo anymore so so yeah there we go they're the advantages of search ads the disadvantages of search ads becky what we got um so they are quite time intensive in the setup so you've got to think of the keyword you've got to think of the ad copy i mean you can lean on dynamic search ads to or smart campaigns to help fast track this but you've still got to think quite a lot about it and you have to optimize them as well people people think you can set it up but you need to have a look at what your ads are triggering against in terms of the search terms see if it's relevant you need to tweak the bids. Yes, you can use automated bidding, but you still need to keep an eye on it. And also, at the end of the day, we're we're limited to text here with um, with these ads. So you've got to you've got to be smart with your copy, and you've only got a certain amount of characters to do that with. So it can be quite challenging to capture people's attention in a very short time space. I think the setup often puts people off and they usually go, I'm going to go down the route of setting up a smart campaign or performance max campaign, which we'll get to suit. Your time will come performance max campaigns, trust me. But people go, it's it's too too intricate, it's too detailed, I haven't got time for this. Or or they do, they go and set it up and then they don't spend any time actually optimizing and, and looking at the data that's coming in. And that's when search as we know it fails because you can't just set it up and let it run and and not expect performance to to either not take off or just go downhill and fall off a cliff now i don't think and and what we're seeing at the moment is some pretty positive results from some automated campaigns that we're running as experiments so automation and quote unquote smart campaigns they're definitely the future but right now what you what you need is you need to make sure that you're getting the right data in 
optimizing based on the data that you're seeing. And then once you've gathered enough data, make the decision to move over to the more automated strategies or the more automated campaign formats. So yeah, there we go. That, that's search in a nutshell. If you're not doing search, then I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> I set up a campaign right now. Uh, display campaign. So that's the second kind of most commonly known campaign type and uh, display campaigns great way of building brand awareness reaching those new audiences on the internet getting your name out there getting your product seen and acting as that kind of first touch point that introduction for your business brand um so display ads they are featured that they're shown via the google display network so that comprises on it's about two to three million websites worldwide so a large number of websites now we do know that quite a lot of those websites are probably not where you want to be seen given the fact that the internet is mostly porn but again we've got some tips there we'll get on to that but so not only are they shown on websites, but they're also shown on Google-owned properties uh, such as YouTube and millions of apps as well. Basically, if the website, the app is signed up to Google's AdSense program, so that's the program designed for website hosters, you can get your ads put on those websites the benefits of display campaigns so like i said a great way to highlight your brand in a, in a visual format so if you're looking to get your brand out there or like i said you're looking to get eyeballs on a product that you've just introduced to market this is a really good way of doing it now I'm, pro I'm just going to dive straight into this, Becky, on, on the disadvantage side. Okay. And uh, I'll bring you in so you can maybe add to this. But the the disadvantage is really that what you're doing is you are getting, you're getting your ads in front of people and it's very much a top of funnel strategy. It's very, you know, people are not, people are very unlikely to see your ad and immediately buy. There needs to be a few more touch points before you can get people qualified down at the bottom of the funnel and then they come through and then they either come in as a lead or they complete their sale, or complete their purchase, things like that. So if you're looking to set up display campaigns and go, okay, well, that's it. I'm going to get loads and loads of sales now. You're probably going to be disappointed unless you have the most ridiculously tantalizing thing on the market. And Google know that as well. That's the reason why average CPCs for display campaigns are so low, because Google know that it is very much a top of funnel exercise, an introduction exercise, a brand awareness piece. It's, it's still good if brand awareness is your thing or if you want to get your thing out there and then influence further searches, it still has its place. It's still something that we would always recommend. So, yeah. If, if, if you have the budget permitting and you have the creative and you know what your audience is, definitely this is something worth doing. I would also say as well that we've talked about display as the introductionary piece, but display also kind of encompasses, encompasses, did I just make a word up? <laughs> it also includes remarketing, which is a super powerful way of getting people back to your website who have visited and not converted and it's the word it's the it's the stat that i always like to throw out whenever i'm talking to people and, and it's literally lodged in my mind it's tattooed to my eyelids but it's an unfortunate stat about 95 percent of all traffic that comes through to your website will leave without doing diddly squat that is an uncomfortable fact of digital marketing life that's just what happens you might have the best product and it might be the right time 
but they won't convert because they'll want to go away. They'll want to go and do a little bit of research and you may have potentially lost them. So remarketing is a really good technique of staying in front of those people. And what you can do is you can determine if you are putting walls in front of your potential customers, what is preventing your customers from checking out. So you can use remarketing to hone in on people who have put products into a basket and not checked out. That's something else that you can do. And another thing that you can do with remarketing as well is you can use it to turn a one-time purchase into multiple purchases. And then from there, you can take that multiple purchase and you can turn that into a real brand advocate. So loads of things that you can do with remarketing, loads of things you can do with display. It's got some advantages. It's got some disadvantages, but I love display. What do you reckon, Becky? Yeah, I think display is kind of, the the flip side i guess to to the search ads in that this is a much more visual opportunity for brands to to get in front of people you have the opportunity to put a pretty picture with your text and actually show people what you're selling um or in some way visually entice them to go check you out um, and actually the display ad format because they are you have two choices you can do responsive display ads or you can do um, image banner ads and the the responsive display ad creative um, has come on quite a long way since since we started doing this so in the last 10 years before it used to look quite basic you didn't have control over the way the ads looked as much as you do now. Um, whereas now, even if you if you opt for that responsive display ad format, Google renders an image with your text quite nicely and you can have some control over things like the call to action and the button color, which are small things. But we like, if, you're, if you've got an attention to detail and you want to control how your brand appears, it's quite important. Um, but yeah, I think you can have a little bit more fun, fun with the ads because of that. And I think you can create ads that are more memorable. And um, yeah, it's uh, the great thing is as well is like with search ads, you only pay when people click. So whilst the, the cost per click is a lot cheaper here, the actual view through benefit of people seeing your brand out there when you don't actually have to pay for it. You can get sales just off the back of people remembering who you are. So particularly from a remarketing standpoint, if people have been looking at your products, just keeping your products in front of people after they've been considering them can really help influence that sale. So I'm all for display ads. I am too. Uh, right, moving on. Performance Max campaign. So, like I said, we've already touched on this. It's already got its own episode. It's only it's got its own podcast all to itself. Greedy Performance Max campaigns. <laughs> so let's touch upon it really quickly. So just to recap. So Performance Max campaigns. They're essentially it's the new name for smart campaigns because I think Google may have realised that calling their calling their time-saving campaign smart probably wasn't the right move, but hey-ho, that's my opinion. But Performance Max campaigns, really what they're for, so if you're short on time to manage your ads, so maybe you're a startup and you can't quite afford to outsource yet, or if you don't want to outsource, you want to keep management of your campaigns in-house, um, this might be the solution for you. Maybe you are engaged in other areas of the business and you want to focus on actually running your business. This campaign type 
type is perfect for you, could be perfect for you. It's a bit dangerous, but we'll get into that. But basically, Performance Max campaigns, what they do is they allow you to serve ads across all of the channels in the Google Ads inventory. So that's YouTube, Display, Search, Discover, Gmail, Maps. You name it, it's on Google, you can probably get your ad there. And it utilizes Google's automation to automatically tailor performance just for you, or so they say anyway. Performance Max campaigns will show across the entire Google network. So all of those uh, all of those outputs that I said, all those inventories that I said, and it can all be managed from just one single campaign. So you get the you get you might get the feeling that I'm not a, the biggest fan of Performance Max. You will be right, but there are some benefits. So because the campaigns are goal focused, they will prioritize working towards that goal that you set. Google Ads campaigns, the automation elements are pretty good. They're getting better anyway. And they also leverage Google's automation to automatically adjust things like bids, and they decide when the best time is to show the ads, and uh, and a few other things, really just based on performance data. The disadvantages, though, is all of that data that could actually help benefit your business on a, on a wider scale is pretty much just locked in the Google black box. There's no way to open that black box. There's no way to get into it. There's no way to get that extra insight that could help inform not only your campaigns, but your wider business as well. So it's very stripped back. It's very limited into the data that you can gather. And sometimes I think it's a little bit withheld on that data that you can get. And that's really the main reason why I dislike it because you can run a campaign and you can get so much data that doesn't just help tell you that your campaigns are working and attributing your business success to a single campaign. It's not present with Performance Max, at least not at the moment anyway. Becky, any other additional remarks and thoughts? It's it's a real challenge because we we are testing Performance Max more and more now. Um, and we are seeing good results. <laughs> we are seeing really good results. And it's, uh, I think it's testament to the um, the way that the automation has come on from Google. I think it's frustrating that the, the insights you get are so limited but they have actually improved it from the smart shopping days so you do get a little bit of insight into what kind of searches are triggering um clicks and sales so i think they're recognizing that people hate the black box element of Mm. of their latest solutions um but yeah i think I, without wanting to repeat everything I said in our performance back special, they're they're an exciting new campaign type, but only for those who understand their accounts already. It's something to try once you've got a base understanding of how shopping can work for your account, how search can work for your account, how display can work. And then you can just try against those things and see if it performs better or not. Because if you start with it and it doesn't work, you won't know why it's not working and it's not going to say that google ads can't work for you there we go perfectly put moving on to shopping campaigns which is one of our favorites so if you're an e-commerce brand if you're an e-commerce business and you're looking to promote your inventory to a wider audience then why aren't you running google shopping campaigns maybe you are 
Maybe you are. Maybe I was a little bit too fast there. But shopping campaigns, what are they what are they good for? What are their benefits? So shopping campaigns, they allow you to list all of your products using essentially the image that you're probably using on your website. So it takes your product feed and you connect it to a face uh, to a Google campaign. And yeah, it's, it's a really good way to visually sell your products. It, it works very, very differently to Google search. And the way it has, well, the way Google have changed over the last few years anyway, is that Google now understands searches that have a more purchase-minded intent. So when that is the case, Google will show your product ads. Whereas if maybe the search is a little bit more research-focused, if it's not specifically focused around a product, then you may not get shopping ads, at least in at the top of, of the search engine results page. There is, however, a shopping tab, which is pretty much ever-present. So benefits of shopping campaigns so a really good way to bring in sales by showing your product obviously it's super important if you're selling things like yeezys or yeezus or trainers or whatever our young sam has has put (laughs) in our article that's available on our website www.digitalgearbox.co.uk you can see these wonderful trainers that i don't think i'd ever buy in a million years but say if you're searching for those trainers and you're searching for a specific type of trainer and the advertiser has that specific type of trainer then you're far more likely to click on it and you're far more likely to buy it. I mean, maybe don't buy these trainers. I don't know. But yeah, so it's a really good way to visually establish your product in market in front of people who are more likely to buy. Disadvantages. Let's do good cop, bad cop. Becky, what are the disadvantages of shopping campaigns? The disadvantages are that it's it's often harder to control what queries your products are going to show for so this unlike with the search ads you're not specifying the keywords it's actually your product feed where you've list the all the attributes of your product that google's going to use to match against queries so if you if you were adamant that you wanted to show let's go back to to sam and his trainers um if you were really hoping to come up as an option when people were searching for some broader queries such as gold trainer for example you're competing with lots of different types of gold trainers there and it's less likely that your that your shoe is going to appear as an option because you can't say i really want to bid up on that keyword so yeah you you get less control also people don't because it's not keyword based and because it's all on the feed people don't really get how to optimize for searches and i think people just grab a product feed from their website relying on the way that they've input product information on their site as a as the best way to do shopping campaigns whereas actually there's a way that you can optimize that information that's going to make it more likely for Google to show your product for certain searches. So people don't tend to optimize their their product information very well. Um, yeah, also, just like I said with search, you've got to optimize once they're live. So it's not just optimizing the feed, it's, it's them managing the shopping campaign. So again, you've got to think about the bids. You've got to look through those search terms again spend all that time looking at whether you want to appear for those broader searches, whether your products are showing against a lot of competitor terms. Do you want to appear against those competitor terms? So it takes time. 
takes time to manage. It does. And I think you hit a good point there talking about the product feed optimization, which is is often what I see when shopping campaigns don't work. And and also the importance of segmentation, which we just cannot understate enough. We cannot stress that enough. And uh, I think that we are probably due an episode of the podcast soon where we go through our tips and recommendations on how to optimize your product feed and segment your campaign. So watch out for that coming soon. Moving on. So we've kind of covered the main campaigns now. So now we're moving into the areas that you, we're moving into those kind of campaign types that you might not be so aware of. And we're starting with video campaigns. So these are very similar to display. So a very good way of building that initial brand awareness, reaching those new audiences. And they can also enable you to reach users who are already aware of your brand who haven't yet converted. So a la remarketing. So this is video campaigns. I mean, predominantly and primarily is used on Google's YouTube platform. So that gives you potential reach of up to 2 billion active users. So no small change there. Video campaigns, they're really good to truly tell your brand story across a variety of different video ad types. They'll also enable you to create ads that could be memorable in the eyes of your audience, which will help with that initial awareness. But they'll also build that kind of trust component, particularly if you've got a good video to connect to your ad campaign. You can also reach internet users on channels that are most popular with your target audience, thanks to YouTube's very detailed audience targeting selection. Disadvantages, so videos, they don't cost much to deliver to an audience. They can be costly to record. So although I would say, and this is obviously something that we talked about last week with Pascal, it all, video doesn't have to be expensive, but I think people get, they fall down a well of going, well, if I want my business to be taken seriously and perceived positively by the right people, I'm going to have to spend five grand on a video. That might not necessarily be the case. If you've got a good story and a good product and you can get it in front of a camera super quick, that might just be all you need to do. So it's a perceived disadvantage. And, um, you know, on YouTube, it really is a case of attention span. You have seconds to capture viewers' attention or your ad's just going to be skipped immediately. So definitely something to consider. If you are going to do video, it really has to be. You don't just do video for the sake of it. You do video because you have the right content or you have the right story to put on screen. There we go. Uh, anything to add to video campaigns, Becky? No, I think you've covered everything. I would agree with you. Woo, awesome. Uh, app campaign. So here's one I never really talk about. So if you have an app and you're looking to drive installs and signups to your app, then this is the campaign for you. So app campaigns, what they do is they allow you to promote your app across uh, Google's various networks. And uh, they're shown across Search, Play, YouTube, Discover, and over those 3 million websites and apps. So benefits, app campaigns, they can help you raise awareness of your app, they drive downloads, and can encourage existing users to take actions within your apps. So if you have an app, this could be a really good campaign type for you. I know people have approached us in the past and they've said, well, can we create search campaigns? And I've said, why do that when you can just run a tailor-specific app campaign? App campaigns have been around for a long time. They've just been kind of hidden and buried under a whole load of stuff. Uh, and I also, I guess, apps are still very much a thing. App development is still a thing, but I would say it's probably not as 
as feverous and as as numerous as as they used to be. I think people are now just trying to make a website that's probably more fit for purpose on desktop and mobile. But apps, they're still very much a thing. Uh, Disadvantages. So if you don't have an app that's accessible on the Apple Store app or Google Play Store, then you won't be able to run app campaigns. But let's face it, if you've created an app and it's not accessible on Apple Store or Google Play, then what's the point, right? I mean, BlackBerry Marketplace died about 10 years ago, so... Mm -hmm catch up uh let's move on local campaign so this is another one that's been around for a while but just seems to kind of get buried so this is really good for driving activity to physical stores so local campaigns can help increase footfall and drive the in-store visits from customers who will find you online if you provide a service local campaigns can also help you attract clients in your local area so it's well worth trying this one um so again helps you reach nearby customers, bring them into your physical premises. And these campaigns, the ads appear across Google's largest properties, such as Search Network, Maps, which is super cool, and Google Display. So the benefits, local campaigns can help you reach users at pivotal moments. So basically, when they're planning a store visit, so say they've searched for local bed store, this is how you can get in front of those people. So and again, like search, it will allow you to appear above organic competitor listings, which can again also help not only with driving that action that you want, but it can also help with brand awareness too. Uh, Disadvantages of local campaigns, uh, it may require some initial maintenance to ensure that the campaign is reaching its full potential. And this can include optimizing your landing page to basically make sure that those locally tailored keywords are present. Uh, Reviewing locations where your ad is served and monitoring the performance and adjusting your ad copy slash creative to reference each target location. So it comes with a fair share of optimizational requirement very similar to search but if you're already running search campaigns why not test bolting on the local element as well particularly if you've got a bricks and mortar store and you know given what's happening in the world at the moment with a with a somewhat return to normality this might definitely be worth considering anything to add to that one becky I think local campaigns are particularly attractive for the likes of restaurants and bars mm. and entertainment ve- uh, venues. I think it is quite rare or quite common, I should say, if you're perhaps a tourist in an area and you're just looking for the nearest restaurant or some ideas of some good pubs to go to, having a look at what's local on maps it. It, it can be quite influenced by those um, those placements. And I think what's particularly important for local campaigns is if you are collecting reviews um, and if you've got some good reviews, it really makes that ad stand out. So if you've got 500-odd happy customers all singing your praises against someone else who might even be a little bit closer, you're going to stand out as the place to go. So if you're getting good reviews, I think definitely give it a go. All right, well, that takes us on to our final campaign type, and this is discovery campaigns. Now, everything that I've said historically about not liking automated campaigns or campaigns that are quote-unquote smart, well, I'm about to maybe confuse everyone and throw all that out, but I actually really like discovery campaigns. What are they? What are discovery campaigns? Well, discovery campaigns, they're a great way to reach out to cold new audiences who may be 
may be interested in your offering. They're also a great tool for advertisers who are looking to connect or reconnect with their most valuable customers by encouraging them to engage and drive action with ads that are visually rich. I like to call discovery campaigns display ads on steroids. <laughs> and the reason why I do is because the ability to, you have this ability to load the ads with so much more content than you would be able to do with display ads. So like I said, discovery campaigns, they enable you to share highly visual, highly personalized ads to users who are pretty much ready to engage with your brand. And again, it all comes within a single Google Ads campaign. So in terms of where they appear, again, like some of the other campaign types, they can be tailored to feature across most of Google's native platforms, uh, platforms such as Gmail, YouTube, Discover, and, uh, and more. So the Discover and the Discovery element they go hand in hand, of course. So benefits. So again, like I said, it allows you to show your ads at a time when Google knows your users are engaged and pretty much ready to discover what you have to offer your product or service, whatever it may be. They're in the right place. You're right there. They're going to find you. They're going to click. They're going to become a customer or a lead. Yay. Horrendous. Horrendous? Marvellous. That's <laughs> not the right word. Discovery campaigns also lean heavily on Google's AI learnings, which automatically shows your ad to the right audience at the right time. So it is leaning into the more automated kind of elements of Google. But in this regard, when it comes to using AI to determine when an ad shows, I'm all for that. I'm usually against AI when it wants to pair loaf of bread with the car you're trying to sell. <laughs> in terms of disadvantages, due to their highly visual nature, discovery ads require you to provide Google with a variety of image assets. So if you don't have those assets to hand, well, you're not going to be able to run these ads. Or if you do try with some subpar stocky kind of images, they're going to look like crap and they're probably not going to be worth running. If you're a small business and you're lacking your own kind of first-hand images, you may not be able to maximize performance using discovery ads, uh, like like the article says, especially if you're using stock imagery. So always recommend using ads uh, ad imagery that is unique. And uh, if you're using it to advertise a product, use the actual image of the, the product. We had some good hands-on experience last year using discovery ads to benefit someone that we were working with who was looking to run a virtual event. So it was used to promote the speakers at that event. And it proved to be very, very successful, particularly with colder audiences. Becky, any thoughts on Discovery? Um, I really, I really like Discovery ads. I do think, um, like you say, they're Display Plus. So you can pair both warm and cold audiences for this ad type and with with that summit that you referenced Michael we had the best results with uh, using discovery campaigns um, to the to the remarketing audiences so yeah just um, I think the nice thing about them as well is that you can do more engaging ad types as well so it's not just an image and text you can actually do um the facebook favorite carousel ad style with discovery which can be particularly helpful if you want to showcase a range of products or a range of messages like we did for the summit um but yeah they're pretty cool and i don't think i think this is probably the least known campaign type out there so it warrants 
um i'd say if you're gonna investigate any of these that we've spoken about out outside of the common ones this one would be the one to have a look at it will be the one to discover hey. see what i did there hey. I'll, I'll see myself out. And uh, well, on the, on that note, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the PPC Burrito. If you've enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing on the platform you're listening to this on. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching Digital Gearbox. Or for more information about who we are, what we do, and why we do it, go to our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. So from me, Michael Kenny. And me, Becky Hopkin. Stay happy, stay healthy, and until next time, amigos, stay hungry. Om nom nom nom. nom.